Just talk to the kid. You're magic, like me. I need you to listen to me. The world's a hungry place, a dark place. Hi there. I only met two or three people like us. They died. When I was a kid, I bumped into these things. to watch 30 movies a movie each day in June it's day 8 of year 8 of movie month and the podcast will start soon he's going to watch 30 movies Films and some lowbrow. Year eight of fans, not experts. Movie month, and the podcast starts right now. Year eight, year eight of movie month. That much you already know. Year eight, year eight of movie month. And now it's another show.
I just watched a two and a half hour long movie. And if I have one complaint, it's that it wasn't long enough. I wanted it to go on. Folks, tonight I watched the 2019 Mike Flanagan film based on the Stephen King book, Dr. Sleep. I have to tell you that I knew next to nothing going into this movie. I knew that it was a sequel, sort of, to The Shining, uh, a follow-up of... Uh, uh, of Danny Torrance, I had no idea why it was called Doctor Sleep. I thought that had some. I thought Doctor Sleep maybe be the villain. Um, watching the movie, I thought maybe Doctor Sleep was the name of the cat at one point. I thought maybe Doctor Sleep was one of the one of was the Rose the Hat. I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I just knew Ewan McGregor's in it and Mike Flanagan's directing. I'm a big Mike Flanagan fan. If you're not familiar with his other stuff, he did the Haunting. To the two haunting series on Netflix, Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor. He's um, directed a bunch of good horror movies. I there was one where it was oh my god, it was called Hush, and it is a um, like a, a a guy stalking a deaf girl, a hearing impaired woman, um, and just like the fact that she can't hear him and we can, it was just well constructed. This guy knows horror. He knows how to um, make, do suspenseful, scary things. And he just like, he has a style and direction that I am a fan of. You, camera tricks, camera angles, all those things. He's just um, really good at it. And he's a local guy. He's from Massachusetts. Part of Hill House was, uh, took place in my hometown. Now, not really in my hometown. It was just that was the name they used at the beginning of it, which I thought was cool. But that's not what we're here about. We're here to talk about Dr. Sleep. Now, again, I, I didn't read the book. If they made a movie called Dr. Sleep and it was a sequel to The Shining, I think I would have turned my nose to it. But the fact that Stephen King, who wrote The Shining, came back and wrote a follow-up called Dr. Sleep, and then they made a film out of it, that I approved that. Like, if I was like, oh my God, they're doing a, a um, you know, Dr. Sleep, they're doing a, a Shining sequel, it'd be like, you know, all those terrible um, sequels to Stephen King movies that are out there, where that's not what this is. This is another adaptation of a Stephen King book that just happens to be a follow-up to The Shining. And just letting you know, I didn't read The Shining, and I didn't read Doctor Sleep. Um, I watched the movies, I've seen the movies, and it's funny because it's always been thought of that that um, Stephen King was not a fan of the um, of the the Stanley Kubrick Shining. Like he wasn't a fan of that adaptation. Um, and yet, so I don't know how the book differs because this movie definitely plays on that adaptation part of it. But here's the thing. I don't know what the differences are that Stephen King didn't like. And I don't know if any of those differences made it into this movie. Obviously style wise it did, you know, we see the carpets, we see the, um, the, the, the river of blood, which, 
you know, looked like the original movie, the twin girls. We see all that. And I have to tell you, I thought that's kind of what the movie would be. Mostly, oh, Danny goes back to the Overlook. And that's really the final act of the movie. And for that, I commend this film because it was its own story based on the idea of The Shining. And by The Shining, I don't mean the movie, I don't mean the book, I mean the power, um, the psychic power that these people, they call, they say they have the shine uh, that they have. And, well, obviously, if this is, if other people have it, and there's going to be other stories, or there are other, you know, there are other stories to be told. Um, and the fact that a kid who has it survives at the end of The Shining, we get to kind of see where that goes. And what I thought was interesting is they, the movie started basically right away, right after the end of The Shining. We're still with young Danny Torrance. Uh, we, we see him kind of uh, living alone with his mother now. Uh, but still being haunted by ghosts that, that that he saw at the Overlook Hotel. They kind of follow him throughout his life. And then, you know, we see him talking to um, to um, this older guy named Dick, who was like his, kind of his guardian ghost, I guess you could say. And I was like, wait, is that, that's not the same character that's supposed to be, was it Scatman Crothers in the original one? I don't think it is. I don't remember. Here's the thing. I almost wish I watched The Shining the first time to pick up on any little reference that I may have missed, character-wise or whatever. Uh, I didn't, so I'm sure part of my um, knowledge of or, or processing of what happened is definitely um, affected by that. But he's, you know, we still see him as a kid learning this this ghost basically teaches him to take the bad ghosts and put them in a box and lock them away and don't think about it. And he kind of does that, but at the same time, he just has a tough life growing up, dealing with having these powers. He doesn't deal with it well. We see Ewan, Ewan McGregor, um, we see him, was it 10 years later or something like that? Or we see him many years later, 19 years later, um, 11 years later, I forget, whatever. We see him basically... Uh, um, you know, just getting drunk, constantly sleeping with strange women, stealing from them if they're going to steal from him, just doing drugs, just all kinds of, just masking the the pain. Um, and then that's, <clears throat> we see the ghost actually come back to talk to him and saying, you know, you shouldn't do that. Um, you shouldn't, uh, you, you, you shouldn't steal from her. Um, and he kind of, he realizes that his life stinks. He's living. He's sleeping under a bridge. He just wants to get away from it all. He gets up. He he leaves and goes off to New Hampshire. I believe that's how it's pronounced, New Hampshire, and just wants to start a new life uh, in some other some some New England town. I don't know if this town's even real, but um, he uh, wants to go and just kind of clean up his life. He stumbles upon this guy named Billy, played by Cliff Curtis, uh, and this guy just kind of senses that, you know, he's like, oh, I just have a good intuition about you that you need help, and he's there to help, and it seems like he, you know, he's it's probably someone helped him, so now he's looking to pay it forward, he gets him, gets him a room, gets him some steady work, 
and um, his life is good for a while. What we also see at the beginning of this movie is these other people, these band of people called the Not. Uh, I didn't quite understand it, and then I just looked. I wanted to see what the box office was in this movie, how it did, and I, it, it said in the paragraph, this, this group called the True Knot, I think is what it said. I didn't catch that. I must have missed it. I definitely said the Knot. Um, I knew that. Uh, but I, the, these people are like, um, well, they're trouble. And we, see, we, see, we start seeing these people by seeing this girl meet this guy in a movie theater. She's young, he's older, and she obviously trapped him there, and used, she has the power to make this guy go to sleep. She marks him, and basically, you know, to show that he's some sort of creep, just kind of punches him, steals from him. And what we also see are these people watching her, going, wow, look at her, she's got more power than, than I've ever seen. We should bring her in. They bring her into their group, and... They're like, we can teach you this. We can, you know, oh, she uses, tries to use the powers on them and it doesn't work. So she's impressed and they are, um, they bring her into their group and I guess make her immortal or make her live long, not immortal. They're like, you want to be one of us? You get to live a long, long time. Eat well, live long. Uh, and it's led by this woman named Rose the Hat. Now I'm going back again because the first thing we see in this whole this whole um, movie is this little girl go off camping with her family. She wanders off and sees this woman by the water called Rose the Hat. Um, this girl, Rose the Hat. Ooh, I'm getting yawny. Mm, it's late. It's, what time is it? It's 10.20 p.m. Um, I told you, this is a long movie. and It took me a while to finally start watching it. But when I watched it, oh, it was wonderful to sit down and just watch it all at once. Ooh, so good. Um. So this girl obviously has some sort of uh, shining ability, uh, and these this Rose the Hat kind of tricks her into staying, and all these and all the people attack her. And later on, we see a missing side for her. So these people are terrible. Okay, they are monsters, and they do a they they pretty much clearly let you know that you are not rooting for these people. They're like they, what I could think of them as a band of gypsies. I'll just say what I think it is right now because obviously I'm going to spoil this movie. Um, what I think these people are, a band of gypsy shining vampires. There. They will steal. They, they, they live off the power of people with the shining. Now, they call it the steam because they can kind of see the, this like life force leave these people. The steam. Now, at the same time, they're kind of living their life under the radar, going from places, looking for people. They, they steal the steam. They kill people. The steam rises off of them. They collect it and save it and they, in, like, in like little thermoses that they use uh, to just kind of eat, eat every once in a while because that's what keeps them alive, keeps them going. Uh, and they kind of they use their powers to sense other people with these powers. While this is going on, we go over to Danny. He's now been at a um he he is with this guy still in this boarding house for eight years he's been there he's they've been going to aa he's all clean he's um he's doing well but um 
even before that, he he went to the AA meeting with the guy first. He, he gave a little speech, uh, and he met a doctor there who runs the meeting, and he used his psychic powers to help him find a watch. And the doctor kind of it was a, it was like a moment where the doctor's like, "You have this power." He's like, "No, it's just kind of an intuition." And he's like, "You know, what kind of person are you? You seem like you know you want good work. You can work with the hospice people." And that's how he gets work doing hospice stuff. Nothing really much happens with the doctor after that. But in the hospice, he kind of uses his powers. First of all, we see this cat. And Stephen King loves cats. Uh, he uses this cat to send this cat. I shouldn't say he doesn't use this cat. This cat has the power or the ability to kind of sense when someone's going to pass. And he goes to the room and the people know this. And like, oh, the cat's here. That means I don't have much time. And at one point, Danny Torrance goes in. Because he's just in this hospital room, the doctor's not there, and he's like almost like a night watchman, kind of cleans up and stuff. Um, and he, uh, oh, my dog's moving. I don't know if she's getting off the couch. Anyway, he, um, the he goes and starts talking to the guy, and he kind of uses his powers to say, "Hey, it's going to be all right. You know, when you go to the other side, everything will be fine, and you will just sleep." You'll sleep. And he goes, thank you, doctor. He goes, I'm not a doctor. He goes, oh, you kind of are. You're the doctor. Doctor Sleep. And there you go. There's the answer. Doctor Sleep said one time in the movie, uh, it is the name that this man who was passing away, get, it's the name that he gives to Danny Torrance. So Danny Torrance, Dan Torrance, Ewan McGregor's character, is Doctor Sleep. And... Does he use his sleepy powers anywhere else? I don't know. He wakes some things up later in the movie, that's for sure. So, while this is all going on, we see this other girl. We actually see her first when Danny gets to New Hampshire, then as a little kid, showing abilities of psychic powers. Then we see her eight years later, showing ability of psychic powers. And she is probably the best part of this movie. Uh, I don't know who this actress is. She was great. The character was great. It was just like, it was, she was awesome. She is just, right now she's like a teenager. So if she was like, maybe she's 14, I'm going to say, 13. Uh, I don't know anymore. Like, I felt like, you know, I thought she was like 12. But they said teenager later. I'm thinking, oh my God, like, I'm just old. Because every every teenager looks like like a kid, like a little kid. Um, and she has the shining or as the the bad guys say she has the steam um and she like has this ability to find other people and connect with them and who does she connect with dan dan has this giant chalkboard in his boarding house and she psychically like has been communicating with him back and forth back and forth like oh, i have a new friend um so they're kind of, you know, having these little discussions. No big deal. Danny's doing his thing. This guy is, um, you know, this girl's leaving her notes to him. And they're just kind of like pen pals almost. Psychic pen pals. At the same time, the worst part of the movie happens. We find that they've discovered this kid who has the shine. Real strong shine. Um, he's a little league player. And, I mean, I don't want to beat around the bush. They track this kid down. They uh, lure him into his into the van. They bring him to a remote area, and it's pretty brutal. Now, this kid is a good little actor. Um, he's been in a bunch of different things. He was in the, the show, the movie I watched last year, which I can't even think of what it is. You know, the um, the good 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 boys. 
you know, like there was rated R movie with the like the twelve year old kids. He was in this, so I didn't know he was in this movie. And he, like, that was the most uncomfortable part of this movie, like his his death, because he was like crying, pleading, and these monsters were just like slowly killing him because the fear helps the steam, and they're they're like feeding on him like you know when you see like a zombie movie all these zombies around they're like all around breathing in his steam like like ooh, it's breathes it's so good um and then i realized wow these these are horrible horrible monsters they're not just picking on bad people they are horrible gypsy monster vampire shining suckers and they must all die now this connection um like because these shiny people kind of had of a connection, the the girl like sensed this happening and freaked out. Now she, then there was a connection between her and Rose the Hat. Rose the Hat sees her, and now they realize they that they are seeing each other. And the the great part of the things I love about this movie is how much this Rose the Hat is so cocky that she underestimates this girl at every corner and. Like, this girl just one-ups her, like, psychically whenever they meet. Ah, oh, my goodness. I just, it's so great. So, she freaks out, and her freaked out gets connected to Dan, who now, he she writes murder on the chalkboard. But what I loved, I loved, is that he saw the reflection of murder, which said red rum in the mirror. And then he turns around. And it said murder on the wall, which was the exact opposite the, of what happened in The Shining, where he wrote red rum, and then in the mirror, you saw that he was actually writing murder. So I love that little play, that little twist. I thought that was a well-done thing. I'm assuming that's in the book. Um, I, was, I was texting with my friend who I knew loved the movie. He says, I love them both, but the book, he liked the book even more. Um, so, I, so he's like... Danny's like, who, what? And she like psychically said back now, he's writing on a chalkboard, but it's psychically getting to her. It's like, it's, he's not really like, she's not seeing the chalkboard. It's like his way of kind of using his psychic connection. Um, and she says the baseball boy, uh, and she, I think, wait, how did this happen now? Somehow she connects to him so that she can see him and, She's like, we need to, um, to you need to go find him, find this boy. Oh, never mind, never mind. I know now. Um, she starts looking in missing children, missing children uh, websites, and she sees the picture of the boy. She recognizes him. She prints out the information, and then she kind of goes into the psychic trance and can figure out. She figured out where he was. That was really well done. Uh, and then she skips school and tracks Dan down. She kind of, she says she almost has like a GPS to find you. Um, she tracks him down doing one of his side jobs. He, he works in this little teeny tiny town, which is like this community. It's, it was like such a throwaway, nothing to do with the movie, but just a character building of the town which has Stephen King written all over it, just like this little thing that he that he put in where this this art project in the town where people made smaller versions of the buildings around town and it and it just kind of grew from there. 
and there's a train there's like a train that track that, that goes around and Danny Torrance works there she tracks him down and he's like who who what what's going on and she says hi Dan and she psychically says it and they so they have a moment they connect they talk she tries to tell him look i I, I saw this happen. I saw one of the bad guys wear his, you know, put his baseball glove on. If you could touch it, if you could find that glove, if you could find the body, we can, you know, um, I can track them down from there. And he's like, no, I, I can't help you. You need to go home. If these people are really out there, they're going to track you. They're going to track us. They're, they're, we just need to keep your head down and don't think about it. Back at his hotel, back at his house, he, get, he I think he starts to get the guilt in his uh, hospice place, I should say. Um, he, he sees his ghost friend again. He's like, you, you know, they're going to, they're not going to stop until they get that little girl. This is my last time helping you, but you got to get out there. So he, in the middle of the night, goes to his buddy. He's like, look, this is going to be a little crazy, but you have to believe me. And so then they just drive off looking for the body. Now, if I was the friend, I'd be like, uh, Danny, are you sure you didn't, uh, do this murder yourself? But we, we we get some cool things where he's talking to the girl. We see her sitting in the back seat, but she's not actually there. It's just a psychic connection. So she directs them where to find the body. It's even that is sad too. They dig this this kid up. It freaks them out. Um, they grab the baseball gloves, and he's like, they they go then go to the girl's house. He's like, oh, do you still have some hunting rifles? They go to the girl's house, and this is where like. The, Things like I'm loving this movie, by the way, while this is going on, because what it did to me was it gave me a group of villains and the good guys trying to track, hunt, you know, hunt down and fight the villains while the villains are trying to hunt down and take down the bad guys. Like it gave a I just thought this was going to be a lot of spooky, scary stuff. And this this structure that they had, I loved it. Um, So. What happened next? Oh, they go to um the the house the dad's like what the hell's this and then she psychically connects and tells the dad basically everything's going on the dad almost has a breakdown he's like shaking drinking uh but he you know realizes these people are good people and they're here to help uh and they're like look i have an idea they're going to try to track you down let's let's let them so what we think happens is they go to this this new hampshire park and they drive and they do that and stay there to attract all the bad guys to come get her. What we find out is she was never there at all. She used her powers to project herself there. And all those while they were there, Danny Torrance and his friend were there with hunting rifles. And he, they start shooting the shit out of these people. And I am like pumping my fist, cheering. I'm like, yes, yes. Start killing all these mofos. Okay. And... Uh, but the worst was the the blonde girl who could tell people what to do while she was writhing, writhing, writhing and dying and melting. And she looks at the guy, Billy, and says, kill yourself. And he just blows his brains out. And I was like, oh, oh, man. And then um, they're like, wait a second. There's one of the guys are missing. So there's this one guy called the crow. He's not there. Why is he not there? Because he went to the to the house. And he actually got the real girl, and he killed her father. And I was like, oh, my God, this is brutal. Like, this is not a PG-13 uh, movie. This is not a, like, things aren't good at the end, you know? Like, it's not always a happy ending. People die. Uh, and so this guy kidnaps the girl, um, and he drugs her. Now, the thing is, is when you drug someone, the drugs mask the pain. They said, they, they dropped a line where, like, we have to get to this 
a person, you know, this girl, while she still, you know, is fresh. Because if she shows too much, the doctor may bring her to a psychiatrist. They may put her on medication that dulls the powers. Uh, and I wonder if Danny did all the drinking to dull the powers. Uh, and I wonder if doing all that drinking uh, when he was younger masked them to the bad guy. To Like if he was, you know, drinking from his teens on, I wonder if that was a, they were able to hide him. That's how they didn't find him. Um, but whatever Danny has, this girl has it ten times more. So... Uh, I'm sorry, Danny goes back, almost wants to drink because he's got nothing. Like he's, he, he, his, his best friend killed, you know, got, was murdered. He shot himself, but he was murdered. He goes back to the house and finds the dad there dead. Um, so like, by the way, the mom's out of town, so she doesn't know what the hell's going on. So, uh, she, um, she, oh, Danny, Goes back to his room and he's like he's about to drink, but he doesn't. He he doesn't drink. He realizes he needs to he needs to find her. He needs to get her. He couldn't. They couldn't connect. They couldn't connect. Uh, she's drugged. She's like half awake. And the guy gives the speech like you know. Uh, she goes, "Where's my dad?" He goes, "A lot of good people died on my side, on your side, and yet here we are. What happened happened. We got you. It still ended up this way. So those people's deaths were for nothing." Um, it was a good little speech the guy gave. And then Danny Torrance uses his powers. He's like, I need to... He focused. He used his powers to go to her. And then he used his powers to possess her for a moment. Uh, and it was a great little scene because she, the, the the actress, just the way she delivered her lines just changed. Like, oh my God, that was good. She was doing it like, like Dan Torrance would. It was just a different cadence, just a different, like confidence in her voice so good and the guy's like why are you oh the guy recognized it he says uh you know what are you doing like who are you she goes oh are you the guy who killed all your friends i'm the one who killed all your friends um i think that's what he said i don't remember and but i do like that he's like why are you laughing so much he goes oh he just you're just a cocky you know guy overconfident you know think you're gonna live forever that's why you're the other type of person who wouldn't wear your seatbelt and then uses his psychic powers to turn the car the car smashes into a tree this guy dr- flies through the windshield and then she die. he dies danny gets flung out of her uh and he's back in his room and she's left to just walk wander the streets um she goes and hides at a hotel and danny tracks her down now they're together really for the first time oh no not for the first time because they they were at the house never mind um but he tracks her down they next thing you know they start driving, and the mother, you know, that was a sad little moment where she answers the, she answers her phone and it's her mom at the house with all this police presence. So obviously she knows her dad's dead, she knows the husband's dead, and she goes, "I love you," and she takes the phone and she goes, "You need to call my mom after this and let him, let her know where I am." Throws the phone out the window, and where are they going? They're going to Colorado. They're driving to Colorado. There's one person left. It's Rose the Hat, that evil, the main girl. Everyone else is dead. They had this one guy who was like this old guy. I don't know if this is the same actor who played Lurch in the Adams Family, but I've seen this guy in things, and he looks like a Lurch. And he, um, he kind of they weren't feeding well, they weren't eating as well, and his just he just naturally met his. They called it cycling, where he dies, 
And the young girl who they turned at the beginning, she's like, I thought we were supposed to be immortal. She goes, no one ever said you lived immortal. He said you live a long time. And this was kind of a painful death. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. And she t- gives this talk where she goes, you know, you, you don't have, you, you're not afraid. You've done it all. You've lived through emp- empires. You've lived through, ch- like, I think she was talking about chariots and empires and kings and queens. This guy has been alive for thousands of years, is what it sounds like. Uh, and he was like, he was probably their leader at one point. I don't know how old they all are, but um, but that that speech just made you realize how immortal, not immortal, but how um, long-living this guy, that's on our board, I mean, oh, excuse me. Immortal means forever. So he ain't immortal, obviously, but whatever it is. How how old he is. There, there, I said it. Um, but they're all gone now. Now it's just Rose the Hat, and she is going to track them down. She's going to track them down no matter what. So they're like, we might as well go to a scary place, a place where all his ghosts are hit, have been comp- comp- compartmentalized, and... They go to the overlook and it's like, okay, this is the, this is the money shot. This is what like people have been waiting for, for this movie. And you get that, dun, 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 that music that, you know, and then we get this, they, this whole thing where they get to the overlook and we get an, this is basically an homage to the shining. Here it is. Everything else that we saw could have happened. They could have tweaked it a little bit and changed the name to, of Torrance and just called it something, called it the steam or the the psychic power, whatever it is. And they could have been like, oh, they have like psychic powers. Um, and you would have never thought, oh, it's a ripoff of The Shining. It could have been its own thing. But what it is, is I, and I wonder if, I don't know if this, how this, this started, but how this, this story now connects to the original Shining uh, with the Overlook. And they get there, and he's like, look, you you can't come in with me first. I need to go in there and wake up, wake this place up. And then, like, lights turn on the moment he walks in, but he flips all these switches, turns all these lights on, the boiler room. Uh, I didn't realize he was planning something right then and there. And then he goes and walks around, and, and everything's dilapidated, but lights start coming on. Uh, things actually start to look a little nicer, I feel like, also. Like, things are starting to repair themselves. Uh, he goes into this ballroom, and all of a sudden, we see him at a bar. And who's the barkeep? This guy he calls himself Lloyd the barkeep, but it's his dad. And I do like that they didn't do a digital re, you know, digital Jack Nicholson. I mean, maybe he wouldn't let them. I don't know. Um, the same thing with the actress who played his mom. You know, it wasn't Shelley Duvall, but they. And it, it wasn't like she looked exactly like her, but they did something with the hair and the ear popping out of the hair, like just looked enough like her. Danny's walking around the uh, around the building and he he looks through this axe crack in the door and we get a replay of the axe smashing and the his mom freaking out. But it wasn't from the original movie. It was filmed for this. And I had to rewind it for a second i thought wait, wait wait a second that wasn't from the shining that was a recreation and they did such a good job of that because i was like well that's the that's the new actress that's not shelly duvall um they so and the same thing with the the jack nicholson we get a couple glimpses of him we see him later dragging the axe like i don't know if it was, i think it was in the hallway not in the labyrinth um the hedge maze 
but it was this guy playing him. And it wasn't digitally recreation. It was just a guy who looked enough like him. And that's all you had to do. And this guy didn't do a Jack impression, didn't look exactly like Jack. He just he just had enough. He had the the the, the eyes. And again, we didn't get like a very great direct look at him. We got enough. He had the hair, he had the look, and he kind of gives this speech to Danny about, oh, you know, take your medicine to drink. And it's like, it was like Danny coming to full closure with his dad. Um, and we see that the dad's been there, I guess, I mean, in some respects, he's always been there. But um, it, was a, it was a cool little moment. And then it gets broken off when, she's, when the girl psychically says, she's here. We get the standoff. In, you know, this girl, Rose the Hat, goes into this building. She doesn't know what she's walking into. But she sees the blood elevator and she's like, huh, cool. Like she almost doesn't even care. The blood hallway, whatever it is. Um, and then she goes into this giant room, which is the room where Jack Nicholson wrote his, uh, his or tried to write. And all, you know, Jack's a dull boy. The typewriter is still there. Um, you know, we get all the things. We see Red Rum earlier. We see the cracks. We see all these rooms, room 237. Uh, but anyway, with this um, in the room, then we see the girl. Her name's Abra, which also is like, you know, a magician type thing, Abracadabra. Uh, that was a cool little nod to magic because earlier the girl says to the Rose the Hat, the girl that gets kidnapped, are you a magician? She goes, well, yes, this is a magic hat. They never actually talked on that. Uh, we don't know what was magic about the hat or if she was just bullshitting. Um, but we get the standoff where um, Danny and her are standing on the steps with an axe and she's like, you have no idea. He says to them, you have no idea to her. You have no idea what you walked into. And then, boom, she's psychically in that hedge maze. But what's really happening, she doesn't know if she's in the girl's mind or if the girl's in her mind. But what actually happened is the girl's not there at all. It's all in Danny's mind uh, or Danny's in her mind trying to catch her in one of his boxes. It doesn't happen. The girl runs off. Then there's a fight between uh, Danny and um, her with the axe. Um, I'm losing steam. Can you tell I'm getting tired? And it all comes to a head where, um, she goes to like psychically, you know, get into his brain because she, so she starts drinking some of eating some of his, whatever it is, breathing some of his steam, his shine. She goes, Ooh, Ooh, where have we been hiding you all these years? And then she goes, there's someone else in there with you. Um, and you're, you know, um, what are they hiding? And he goes, no, they're not hiding. They're, they're hungry. And he basically opens all the mental boxes of all the ghosts that have been inside his head all these years. And they come and they rip her to shreds. Then they come to take him away. Ooh, and they start pulling at him. Um, but wait, they start to, Oh, that's what happens. We see them getting to him. And they get to him because then we see Abra uh, walking around and now we see Danny with the axe, just like Jack was kind of screwed up. She, he starts chasing her, but then she kind of like says, you're not, you're not Dan. You're not my uncle Dan. You're um, just the fact that she called him uncle Dan. Also, I thought that was so nice. Um, he goes, you're the, you're the, you're this hotel. He goes, you don't know who you, uh, you're messing with in there. Now she says that my uncle Dan, he goes to swing the axe because he went to the boiler room and then he, they stopped. I don't know why that stopped. I'm thinking because they just made them second guess. Oh no, what did he do in the boiler room? And that, that 
that um, just one moment of pause allowed Dan to come out and, you know, um, say, you need to go. I don't know how much longer I can hold this off. Uh, and she goes, you can fight them. You can fight them. And he goes, you need to leave now. And he goes, I need to close the door behind you. She goes, okay. So she runs out, but he goes down to the boiler room and makes sure everything uh, explodes and blows up. We see a moment where he, he sees his mom because he said when his mom died, he used to see people with flies around them. And he saw so many flies with his mom, he couldn't even look at her. And she knows that. But now we see her looking at her and they're happy. And obviously uh, the fire just keeps burning and burning, 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 burning. The girl gets out. She's saved. We see her later back at her hotel and she goes back at her room. She's alive. She's back with her mom and she's talking. She goes, I knew you'd be okay. And there's Dan Torrance sitting in the, in her room. Uh, They're talking for a few minutes and she goes, he goes, you really think there are other people out there like them? He goes, probably you have to be careful. He goes, I told you to, um, you know, to mask it, to keep your head down, but don't you shine, you shine on. And then the mother comes in and Dan's not there. He is now a ghost to help her. So remember the guy who would help Dan? I think now he is like her guardian angel ghost or whatever, fairy god ghost um, to help her. And she, um, you know, she, the mom comes and she goes, she goes, no, mom, uh, I wasn't talking to anybody. She goes, you know what? That's not true. I was talking to Dan and he's okay. And daddy's okay too. They're okay. They, they go on and they, he really is okay. And the mother is like really comforted by that. And then she goes, you coming? She goes, yep, just one quick thing. She goes into the bathroom and we see the same ghost uh, in the tub that was the same ghost that in The Shining and the same ghost that Danny saw in his tub earlier in the movie. And I, I think what that's telling me is that the ghosts of the Overlook are now haunting her, but she doesn't care. She's too cool. But she's, she doesn't, doesn't bother her at all. She she goes into the bathroom, closes the door, and that's how the the uh, movie ends. And um, yeah, I mean, terrific. And I just it, what sucks about it to me, and it got good reviews, um, but it uh, it just bombed and died at the box office, and that sucked because I'm I it, you know it's like well everyone's still getting paid, but I'm like oh I don't I, what I worry about with that stuff is, well, I hope that doesn't mean Mike Flanagan doesn't get another chance to do, to make this movie or make this big budget movie. And I think he's doing another thing for Netflix. Um, I just don't want it to, to, um, reflect poorly on the director who I'm a fan of. Obviously, you know, the actors will continue to do stuff. Stephen King will continue to write books. I'm just like, Oh, I wish, I wish he had a big win with this. I just did. And it didn't happen that way. Like it, it, didn't make its money back in the United States. Worldwide, I think uh, it may have. It didn't have a ginormous budget, which was interesting to see. Uh, but it didn't even make that. It was just, it just didn't do well. But it was so good. And so I hope it's one of those movies that it has a second life on cable and streaming and things like that. I just, you know, it's already two years old. So I don't know what, um, what, like, you know, what its reception is, how people think of it now. But to me, it's like, oh, it is a movie that I, I don't want to say I'm going to cherish it, but it is a movie now that I, if it's on TV, like let's say it's on TNT one day, I'll just, I'd sit there and watch, it could be one of those movies that you just sit there and watch the whole thing. It really could be. I I was totally into it. 
I was like, oh my God, I'm loving this. I was just enjoying everything about it. So I, I, I can't say enough good things about it. I just wish it did better um, for its sake. I think I did it. Right? I think I'm done here. Look at that. I did, what, what was my episode yesterday? Like barely 20 minutes and I was adding a bunch of songs? Look at that. When you have a movie that you're totally into and you're and, and it's like you're, you're, it's quiet, it's late, my dog's sleepy, you can really sit down and talk about it. And I'm, I did it. My goodness gracious. My goodness gracious, I do declare. Um, I'm sure I missed some things. I'm sure I got some things wrong. But uh, I do know that I watched it. And I do know that I enjoyed it. And day eight of movie month is in the books. Folks, I want to thank you for listening and subscribing. Um, if you're not subscribed, well, what are you doing? Go to any any podcast uh, catcher in the world. If you're on Spotify, if you're on Spotify, we have playlists going back to 2017. Um, I got to build out the 2017 one. But we, I have movie month playlists. If you look up Fans Not Experts Movie Month uh, on in Spotify, you can find... You should be able to find these playlists. I don't know how much how Spotify works. Uh, but if you go to uh, fansnotexperts.com and check out uh, any of these episodes, you'll see on any of the web pages these episodes are on, there is the 2021 playlist there. There's one for 2020, 2019, 2018. And I'm starting to build up the 2017 one. Uh, but that is it, my friends. Thank you. All of a sudden, I'm talking like Carol Channing in a new way. Um that's it. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Mentality. The website is fansnotexperts.com. The Facebook page is fansnotexperts. And um, I got nothing else. Follow me on Letterboxd at Geek Mentality. And now I'm done. I'm truly done. And I need to get this episode up. Oh, my goodness. It's 10.50 p.m. Good night, folks. Uh, see you tomorrow. Well, guess what we're going to do? We're going to watch a movie. But until then, here is my theme song. This is my podcast. I made it. Geek Mentality is what I named it. And I think you should listen and subscribe. Because I'm kind of funny and awesome. I think that I'm worth your time. And I'm kind of handsome. My mom says, please listen and please subscribe. At least listen to this. Episode. Fans not experts.